Welcome to Zen One Podcast, a place where we can feel a little bit more connected with one another. How are you? Good. How are you, Doc? I'm doing great. How's everything? Are you back to work or no? Uh, I am back to work. Hey, Tiger. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Tiger. We're doing great. I uh, finally figured out how to make myself look a little brighter on camera. Did you get one of these things that you plug in? It's, uh, yeah, I got a, like a little uh, you got a light, light ring. Where is it? A light wow. ring? Yeah. So, because all of the, you know, two two months of webinars and I'm finally getting used to the setup. Um, Crazy. Yeah, I'm back since Monday. You're yeah. in New York, right? Yeah, we're we're still have no go. Ugh. Yeah, my doc is my doc was basically like, Fuck them, I'm opening on June first. They can come take my license. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, because they just said the governor said professionals in phase two. And and I live in a different region than I work in. So we're we will be June first. Our region will be that I work in will be in phase two. And so, but it says professional. So it's just like, well, I'm a professional. I'm licensed. Um, my hairdresser is a professional. So they had to go to bat. I mean, so like, what is professional and company? I mean, the landscaper's professional. I mean, so what does it entail? So, but you know, the New York State Dental Association is still like, nope, we don't have the green. We need the health department and the governor and blah, blah, blah. And so my boss is all irritated, needless to say. And it's very difficult because all of these different um, organizations have different, slightly different guidelines or slightly different read on what, you know, what the communication says. And then you have, so yeah, my, the, my practice is incorporated, it is in the incorporated city. So the city is trying to push to open more businesses um, the governor already said that elective surgeries are fine. So I took it as an open, um, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> well, and we're the only dentist in a 20 mile radius. We're the only oh. dentist in town and we've had, you know, a ton of emergencies. We do them on Monday. Um, we may do them on Wednesday. If we get anybody that calls, I took the phone home. I do all that, you know, and it's the fact that our patients keep calling. Cause I just, I moved hygiene week by week. You know, I just canceled it and moved it because I didn't want to be like, okay, well, I'm moving it until June 1st. And then all of a sudden, May 15th, they say we could open. So we hit, you know, so it's just been, it's the uncertainty. And my team's been great. I, I do have to say my hygienists aren't the ones that are going off the deep end. And um, <laughs> my assistant has been working on Mondays. My other girl, she's going to work from home remotely for a while. And I mean, it'll all work out. I just want that concrete because I don't want my, you know, I told my boss, I go, I know you say F that, but, you know, I value your license and I work hard for you and I want you to keep it and why it's hard and we want to work. And I know, understand the overhead and the PPP and, you know, I do all this bookkeeping and financing. So, you know, it just is very, I said, we just have to be patient. He's like, I know, but I'm so bored. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. You know, he has no kids. He has a girlfriend that lives in another city. So it's really, you know, difficult for him to keep himself busy, you know? I bet. Oh. And so take up a hobby. Get a girlfriend in this city. I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That's right. That's right. Get, get it is crazy. All right. Let's get started. Okay. So I'm curious. Um, why I just turned off camera. Sorry. Yeah. We, we, um, we talked like, first of all, I'm excited to have both of you back because it's going to be awesome uh, perspective. And out of all the webinars we've done, uh, I mean, they're all good. Like they're all solid. People enjoyed it. Uh, but I do feel that uh, both of you guys were in the top, like I would say like four or five that people wanted to talk and, and get the feedback and, and they were like really highly watched and stuff. And so I'm curious, uh, what has changed in your perspective about reopening since the last time we've talked? And uh, like we we had certain ideas, we all, we were all about let's learn, let's take advantage of this when we reopen, when it happens. Is there anything that changed in your perspective of reopening since we last time talked in the webinar? You go first, Doc. I think so. So, in my my personal perspective, is that. Um, I don't know necessarily that it has changed, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm more than convinced that um, as we go forward, we actually have some opportunities to improve our practices. And um, it's, it's a very, right now it's a very difficult time because we don't know what to expect. So my practice opened on Monday and uh, we're like almost, um, you know, well, we're full four days in. And we've made some changes and I'm happy to talk about that just to, you know, sort of, you know, tell everyone how we, we handled the, the opening. Um, but as I'm, I'm looking at this, there are a couple of things that I'm realizing. First of all, it's, it's a good opportunity to sort of like marry Kondo, Marie Kondo practice. Um, that means a couple of things. Um, I've had some really great patients um, that we've seen as emergencies. Um, I've also had a couple of shitty patients. I actually fired a patient. Um, he came in, um, and it was, you know, he came in for emergency. We, the, our computer system wasn't really working because, you know, things are shut down for days and then you come in and, and everything is weird. And he had to wait for 20 minutes because we, my, my team was, um, uh, messing with the computer, trying to restart it. And he wrote this like email complaining that, you know, he had to wait for 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. I, so I wrote him an email saying that most people would be appreciative that someone, that a doctor and assistant drove here to come and see you. Uh -huh. um, he was like, well, there's no one else in the office. Why am I waiting for 20 minutes? So, you know, get rid of your bad patients. Um, same thing with team. Right now, there's a lot of uh, kind of disconnection. I want to say, I don't even know it's the word, but I mean, I'm using it as a word, disconnect. It's not discontent, it's disconnection, like not, not being on the same page between mm -hmm. some team and doctors. And I think we really need to work on that. I think we need to improve our communication. I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that if you have a team member, like dentists are notorious for holding on to team members that that are just not working out. And we we just feel like, well, it's, you know, she has a pulse, she's there, so let's hold on to her because the next one could be worse. Or I may not even be able to find one. And so that's a problem. And and so, you know, it's time to get rid of those team team members who are not working out. 
you will find someone better. Right. And it's time to Marie Kondo, your, you know, your operatories, your policies, your procedures, your supplies, everything. Like I came to the office and um, I just realized, because we, we had to move a lot of things around to, you know, to spread the chairs, to make sure we're social distancing. We bought a whole bunch of PPE that we had to put somewhere. And, um, you know, we, we, we have purifiers and, and plastic and sneeze guards and all like it, it looks like a, a a biohazard lab not like a dental office well and honestly dentists are known to be hoarders <laughs> yes yes and so i mean i've gone into practices and there's been stuff in there from like when the first original dentist said i'm like why are we keeping this people you know, and you go through the cupboards and you're pulling out stuff that's been expired and we might need it. I'm like, you know, you haven't touched yeah. it for years. You're not. <laughs> no, if, if, if I open, if I open the drawer and I'm like, what's this? And no yeah. one knows they're getting rid of this. So yeah. Monday while they opened, um, I actually went through my office and I cleaned out a whole bunch of stuff that was unknown, unnecessary, expired in a wrong play, I don't know. It was just, I, I felt like, I felt better. Just throwing things away mm -hmm. made me feel better. Maybe it's me. But I also feel like it's better to, you know, our flow is better. And then, um, and, and the same thing with our workflows right now, we're evaluating how we're doing things. So one of the things that we, we're doing uh, with, with reopening is, um, uh, patients fill out forms in advance. We, we send them, uh, obviously, digital forms. They fill them out. They, they do a COVID questionnaire up front. Um, do you use Yappy for that? We use Yappy for that. Um, we, you know, we receive everything in the office. We review it. If they have any questions about, uh, you know, um, of the COVID questionnaire, then we call to clarify. We had a couple of patients that had their tests that brought to us, even though they were recently exposed to someone who um, who was sick, they took a test. So we, we made sure they come in, they text us, they stay in the car, they text us, is it happy that they are, um, you know, they, that they have arrived. And then um, the back, the assistant or the hygienist goes to the front to get them. Uh, we measure their temperature at the front. We offer them hand sanitizer. Um, we actually have a part in our website where we explain what to expect, and they get a link to that uh, when they get their confirmation messages. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and so we, what, if everything is okay, we we had one patient that we actually ended up sending home. I'm not really sure it was whether it was his form or he had fever, but we, we ended up sending the patient home. Um, but um, uh, you know, they, we put him in a chair. There's no one is sitting in the reception room. We handled payment beforehand um, um, by phone. Um, so they give us a credit card. I know there's one office that requires having a credit card on file and there's zero pushback from patients. So, you know, patients for the most part are very appreciative. We've had tons of great reviews already. Um, we, you know, um, we, we didn't um, give more time to procedures, but what we've done is we actually split our office into two shifts because we have several doctors. And so we have, um, we've extended hours from 7.30 in the morning till eight at night. So on Monday through Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday work six hour shifts. We're not taking lunches. It's very efficient. We just work through it. Mm -hmm. And each team has more room. So after each patient, we fog the room down. 
it's like a fine mister with hypochlorous acid and um uh, you know obviously clean everything up but then the room stays sort of unoccupied and then we jump to another room the hygienist and here's an important thing um, we had a couple of hygienists who were very, very nervous. We have six hygienists in total, and I could tell there were different levels. What's important to realize, and I, and I don't think a lot of doctors realize this, is that the hygienists were home. So a lot of us, like you've seen emergency patients, right? We've also seen emergency patients. So my team was split up. Each, right. each day was assigned to a doctor and um, an assistant. And front office was working from home, but they also came to the office and um, sometimes like, you know, to pick up mail, do deposits, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So everyone's been to the office to some capacity, except for my pediatric dentist and um, the hygienist. And those were the people who were most nervous. And one of the hygienists, so we, we kept Zoom meetings throughout this. And before we started, we did a training. So we, like the morning we blocked, or the first day we blocked to have training. And one of the hygienists made a great point. She said, you know, you guys been here, so you know the flow, you know how it's working. We're sitting at home. We have no idea. We're sitting at home watching TV. We're on Facebook. We're getting emails with, from um, ADHA. So we're freaked out. But now that we're here and we're going through the steps, now that we're seeing everything that you prepared for us, all the PPEs, the extra oral sections, the you know the the mirrors with sections, which by the way are going back because that I was in the office yesterday. No, I was in the office on Monday. They said you know we came in earlier and we tried them and we don't like them. I said look, we have thirty days to return them, try them, give them like a good college try, just, just try right. them. If you don't like them, we'll send them back. I was in the office yesterday, they're like, we're sending those back, <laughs> we don't like them. They're not using extra oral sections, they're not using the mirrors with sections, they're using um, isodride and they're using relief, which is what they've always used. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but having all that there and going over this really made them reassured that we've sort of crossed our T's and batted our I's and, and went above and beyond to prepare them. Um, so they felt comfortable coming in. And I think that what we're seeing on social media, you know, almost like this war between the dentist and the hygienist and hygienists mm -hmm. protesting offices and wanting to close offices down, that's fear. And the, the reason why they have fear is because their dentist is not mitigating it. The dentist needs to get ahead of it. The dentist needs to sort of lead that, you know, CF and, and lead them out of that CF, give them clarity on, you know, what to expect and how they're going to function. And I think it's going to go much smoother. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, will, I do have a bunch of questions on that, but I also, um, Julie, if you don't mind, let's, let's get to you on, on that question. Hmm. Anything, anything, you know, you and I have been on a couple of webinars and you've been probably like on four or five with us total, like, and you brought up a lot of good points in the past about, you know, people taking the time. What has changed in your opinion, you know, especially now planning to, re you haven't reopened yet, but you're planning to reopen just like Illinois, by the way, also June 1st is the reopening. Mm -hmm. What's, what's in your mind? My mind is, you know, we, I think what happens is, is because Sometimes dental teams don't get that communication that they feel they need. Like a lot of, you know, I'm in a lot of assistant groups and they were just left high and dry and no communication from the doctor and, you know, nothing. And they didn't, and especially in my state, you know, where it took 
weeks to get unemployment and some haven't even gotten unemployment yet. And just no communication like, oh, we're done with dentistry, we're closing our doors. And that's like doctor said before, you need more communication. If these people have been with you, why are you not giving them the communication that they so want? It's not that they don't want to work or they want to be laid off. They just want you to say, hey, this is what's going on. Here's the plan. This is what we're doing. Here's the unemployment number. Here's how you file unemployment. And I think what's, you know, for me is we as a team, whether you're an assistant or a hygienist or the front office, need to be help that doctor be part of the solution, not the problem. We, they, a lot of assistants, and I'll just speak for assistants because I am one in front office, is they see that these doctors live very, some live very you know, normal, um, within their means lifestyles, some live without their means or whatever means they can afford. So they think that doctors have all this boatloads of money, like there's trees in the backyard and they're going to pluck it from, and they're going to pay their overhead. But what they don't realize is the patients in the chair produce that money that gives you your paycheck. No patients in the chair means there's no money coming into the practice. So when you close down like that and, you know, all these, all the, you know, my doctor has all this money, they don't, they have a ton of stress, a ton of overhead, uh, things that they're dealing with outside of the home, outside of the practice. That's really probably none of our business, but I, I think they just need to realize that it's, it's a whole total team effort and that we can't go on bashing our doctors and we can be upset, but we need to address and call them up and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I don't like being off. I, you know, I don't like having this unemployment, but now what's happening, at least in my state, some of these people are making more money on unemployment and now they don't want to come back. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you know, that too. So, and I had a webinar with an HR person that's, you know, very familiar with New York state laws. And I, you know, without short of saying, get your ass back to work. If the doctor tells you, because you will lose your unemployment, you can't sit and make bank. I would like to sit and make bank, but that's not how life works. But so I think it, you know, for me, it's more of our communication. We've been communication with our team. They've been very flexible. We have to be flexible as you know, whether I'm the office manager or with my boss that says we have two hygienists that live in the community. They're not going to be able to return to work in a capacity because they have no childcare. Their girls go to the same school, same age. They, they're going to, we're going to work it out so they can job share and, you know, bring us back in a little slow mowing. We're not going to be as busy maybe as we were, but our patients will be there if they're not like doctor said you know, we'll see you later. I always say there's three patients, the ABCs, the apples, the ones that are really, really good apples, the Bs, the ones that are on the bubble and the see you laters, you know? So I love that. <laughs> they're like, yeah. we'll see you later. Like, you know, and I had to laugh because one of our patients that, you know, sort of a PETA texts us about something and he had to bring him in. And my doc was like, can you just tell him we're in phase 10? <laughs> the PETA patients are phase 10. And I'm like, how about phase never? <laughs> yeah yeah but i just think we just have to find you know as teams and as doctors and it, you have to have a good communication you really do you really have to listen and you know whether your doctor's crying about the overhead we understand we get it and you know you I, I think from one that's managed a business now i see it i see all the payroll and when this happened i was like crap how am I going to make all these bills? All right. How, how do I apply for that PPP loan? Let's get on that. You know, I was just, let's do it, do it. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, and 
you just hang on and you know and it'll all it'll all work out it's just yeah in the right yeah. choices and like doctor said some people might might not be back on your wagon or on your bus whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it and that's fine and and i tell my assistants you know you make choices for you you always do you what's best for you what's best for your family and i said if if you return that that office isn't the right one or this career field isn't the right one it's okay move on I'd rather have yeah. you flip burgers and be happy at it than sit chair side and be miserable. You know? Yeah. And I think some people are not going to be coming back, you know, to me. Um, you know, I, I feel like w- when someone goes to become a dental hygienist, they have to realize there's a certain risk involved. You're mm-hmm. dealing with the people, you're very close to them. Um, and if they didn't realize it when they first got into this career, and they're realizing it now and they're realizing, I don't want to take this chance anymore. That's okay. So we're going to, we're going to lose some people and, um, and that's probably going to make it better for those who are remaining. And, and that's one thing I've always said to my assistants is that whether you're licensed or not, cause it's a different story with assistants. Um, you have an ethical and moral obligation to know what you need to know to do your job effectively, efficiently, and in the safest manner. So if you've worked at a practice for the last five years and they've always, I always say it half-assed shit, then that's your dilemma. You allowed it. You became complacent. Instead of standing up for what was right, now you want to cry hazard pay and I can't go back there because it's unsafe. Well, you allowed it to be that way. So how are you going to fix the problem moving forward? So I think a lot of that to me is a lot of offices that weren't doing things the way they probably should have been doing is now they're instead of saying, okay, this is what we need to do. And we're, we're, we're always going to continue to do. It's all, Oh, I need hazard pay. I can't go back to hygiene. There's too many aerosols, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that stuff. I just think, you know, we have to find solutions. Gina, why do you think communication is so difficult for doctors? Oh gosh. I, you know, the, first of all, I think that a lot of times uh, people who are attracted to this profession are generally introverts and so um, I think a lot of a lot of doctors prefer like they're done with their procedure and they just go to their office and they don't want to communicate with anyone. And um, I think part of it is also burnout because we don't, you know, when we build our offices, we build our offices, but we don't build systems in the offices and everything is sort of done through us. Like we we make all the decisions. Um, we put out all the fires we answer all the questions mm-hmm. and it's not because we like it this way. We don't know how to do it any other way. And we don't build the systems. We don't train our teams enough. There's the, our teams are not trained at all. Like they get, you know, we get someone out of assisting school, we put them on the job and if they're good, they sort of learn as they go. And if they're not good, then we complain about them, but we don't do anything about that you know we don't train them that's terrible there's very little training for assistance almost none like continuous education right mm-hmm. and and for a lot of these you know for the for the assistant it's almost impossible to um find a course that she can you know travel to or um you know afford to pay because the pay right. is not very high especially when the assistant is just starting out so they sort of you know 
And and the reason why it's hard for us to communicate is by the time we've we've talked to all the patients, by the time we answered all the questions, we're just exhausted. We we just want to be quiet for a minute, like just you know, shut the door to my office and, and leave me alone. I'm going Facebook. I'm gonna go into the you know financial group and and you know post some stuff. But the, <laughs> but. And that's not the solution we want in life. <laughs> no, no, it's a good move, but that's not doesn't help, right? Like it, it helps relieve stress, but it doesn't help us run our offices. And we're just not proactive enough to create systems to so that the team can run the office. And then we we're terrible with feedback because we think that like the way, the way we think about feedback is is kind of backwards because and i see it all the time i i see a dentist uh, you know post maybe on facebook like oh i gave her feedback and she got upset well no she they, she didn't take it as a feedback she took it as criticism because that's the only thing she ever heard from you you know feedback needs to be ongoing daily and it has to be positive and negative i'm not talking about um a feedback sandwich because that's just you know, the, the minute you say, like, how do we do feedback sandwich? Um, oh, you are a very good assistant, but, you know, like, and, and when you say but, first of all, they know exactly what's coming. They're like, okay, this is, this is a, this is, I'm getting a feedback sandwich. This is the bad part. Yeah. The good, or, the bad, and the good. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or they only hear one part. Like, they hear, I'm a good assistant, so whatever comes after that, it's like, whatever. Or they don't hear the good part. They just so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about daily um, positive reinforcement. And if you're constantly telling someone, "Okay, I like how you're doing this. Um, thank you for catching this." You know, I, I really try to make a point when I'm with an assistant um, to say, especially in front of the patient, in front of others, "Oh, thank you for setting everything up. Like you have everything we need in the room, right?" And and a part of that is also like having everything in the room. Some, you know, if you don't have a good system, if you're not organized with your supplies and you guys are really good at like putting everything together, but if you're not organized with supplies, it's impossible for the assistant to have everything ready. I've seen some of those offices. It's a freaking mess, right? So you need to have your supplies organized. You need to have everything in like tubs and, 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 you know, cassettes or kits or sets and whatever, but you, it needs to be a one-shot deal. It should not be going 500 times into some sterile collecting stuff from different rooms, right? So right. all of that needs to be set up for the assistants, the boss's job. But then you need to be ongoing with, you know, oh, thank you for catching the phone on time, or thank you for oh, taking that into oral image. That looks great. So when you right. do have something critical to say, it's just part of the usual feedback. It's not something like, oh, whoa, the, I, now he's telling me this. I've been working yeah. here for the last three years, so this is the first time I hear something from him, and it's criticism. Now, that's not feedback. And so, and, and after this, we become like, well, you know, I'm just not going to say anything because she, did, she took it the wrong way. But the reason she took it the wrong way, because that's the only thing she's ever heard from you. So we're just not, we... And again, I think part of it is our personality. Part of it is burnout and just not wanting to deal with things. Um, part of it because we've never learned this. I mean, how how many courses do we do? Do dentists take to learn endo and and oral surgery and ortho and perio, like all of those courses? How much business uh, courses do we take? How many communication courses do we take? We, we don't take any. 
And even if we do, it's about patient communication. It's not about communicating with your team. And that's critical. The team runs the office. My office is open. So I spend this week, I spend maybe a total of um, the first day when we opened, I was there for six hours because we did the training. Um, Tuesday, I was not there. Wednesday, I was not there. Yesterday, I went there for like a couple of hours just to talk to everyone, get some feedback. I'm not in the office today, but we're having a Zoom meeting after work just to kind of sort of reflect on what happened. And, and that's important. Like we've, we've been having Zoom meetings this entire time. Every week we would, on Friday, we would get together as a whole team. And it's not just me talking at them. You know, it's getting right. their perspective, their feedback. That's important. We need to listen. We, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. when we treat, how do we treat and plan patients? We look at the x-rays and we walk into the room. We tell patients what they need to have done. And then we say, okay, and now you're going to go to Debbie at the front and Debbie's going to figure out how to make it affordable to you. First of all, half of it just went over the patient's head because we were <laughs> speaking in some jargon, right? Uh, there is something called, that's called, a, um, um, not like a patient amnesia, but like they literally forget patients in a stressful situation, mm -hmm. people forget 80% of what they saw or heard, like in a car accident, right? Like you have a car accident and then after that, you're like, you don't remember how it happened because it's just, that's how the human brain works. So they're in a stressful situation. They're nervous. The doctor talks to them in some sort of a jargon. They miss everything. They get to the to the front and and they're like, do I really need to have that done? I don't remember him saying anything about that. That's yeah. how we communicate. Yeah, that and the doctor gets pissed off that the patient didn't agree. He's like, exactly. I explain everything. <laughs> everything, exactly. That's the problem. I explain what do everything. She doesn't need a root canal. Yeah. And the patient is like, I, I don't I don't know. What but again, and, and sometimes we have options, right? So we give patients all those different options. We confuse the shit out of them. They they because they don't understand what we're talking about. They forgot half of what we told them, and right. now they have to make a, a decision. And if you have too many options, it just confuses them. And the problem with all of that is that we're not listening to the patient. We're so used to talking at them and just throwing our vomiting our treatment plans on them. We're not listening. We're not asking them questions because if you ask them enough questions, they will treatment plan themselves. Right. If you if you hear them, then you will. And I said here, you ask them and then you have to hear um, and they'll t they'll tell you what they need and how to treatment plan them. And if you tailor the treatment plan to what they want and need, they'll accept the treatment plan most likely. Um, so you, you're going to knock off a lot of barriers there. But the same thing with the team. We're not listening to them. We're talking at them. And we're not setting expectations either so they don't know what we what we envision we right. hire debbie we sit her next to susan we expect that susan is going to learn from debbie by osmosis and then we're, we're upset when susie is not doing the right thing we just say i need a productive schedule well the schedule is not productive did you explain what a productive schedule is? <laughs> Like her idea of a productive schedule could be completely different. One patient, please. Sounds <laughs> like Julie, Julie experienced that in the past. Well, everybody's production. I mean, Doc's production might be different than the next guy down the street. I mean, he might only want a couple patients and she might want 10 patients. So, I mean, like she said, if the expectations and you don't know, and, and that's what I try to tell a lot of assistants is that when you get that job, 
and you're, you're thrown into a new office, whether it's, you know, you're the only assistant or there's five other assistants is that you really don't know what to expect from that doctor. Every doctor is different and they're not the same. Even if I came to work for Dr. Dorfman, um, um, you would know. You'll have to ask the question. What are the expectations of? And say, okay, we're going to do this composite on an anterior. How do you like things? Do you want this first? Do you want that first? You know, are, is she right-handed, left-handed? I don't know these things. So I always talked about them is that they really need to go to them and say, look, I want to be the best I can be for you. I want us to calibrate. I want you to walk me through every procedure. Tell me every instrument you use, your bird you use, your composite you use, because I might not see a product that she uses that I don't even know how to use it. What's the curing time? What's the, the etch rate? What's the, all that stuff that I need to know to help her get through her procedures. So we're not doing that. We're just throwing people chair side and that's where the communication breaks down. Then she gets frustrated she's throwing her hands up. She's sitting there waiting for me. Do, 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 do. And now the 30 minute procedure is taken 50 minutes. And then it trickles into the next appointment and the next appointment. And I did a study one time with my old doc that I worked at for 24 years of if I had to leave chairside every single time, how much time it took me to leave to go retrieve something. And the average was five to seven minutes because you have to unglove and unglove everything. Then I had to go find the item. Then I had to re-glove, reposition myself chairside and then get that item. So if I did that 30 times, 10 times, that's 70 minutes. That's a whole crown prep. Yeah. I had an extra crown prep in the schedule, but because I'm not prepared, because he's changing his mind or we're just forgetting things because he's decided to add a burr that he didn't tell me, these things are important to a good, you know, chairside team. So it's really important that doctors out there, when they onboard any type of team member is they really need to walk them through the onboarding process of what their expectations, not just, yeah, I could suck spit for her and maybe retract and pass her stuff. But I like to know the whole process of why she does what she does. You know, is she chamfering? Is she, you know, doing a box cut? Is she, you know, right-handed or left-handed? So it's really important that they, that the communication is there. And that's why team members and dentists get frustrated. They get frustrated with each other because there's, no communication. Absolutely. Do you guys feel like just very quick to like with this two months, like whatever the April, May, do you think both sides took an advantage of like chilling down a bit and like really try to understand like, wait a minute, why do I suck so much at communicating with my team? Or like, how can I make it easier for my doctor to communicate it better? Like how, like, do you think like people had time for that or, or this two months will be completely like wasted? Oh gosh. I think some people took advantage of it. Um, <clears throat> I've seen that. I, I mean, I, I see, I, I, um, <clears throat> I, I feel like some people also experience like death by a webinar. <laughs> like, that's all they did. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that for a lot of people, it was actually a very stressful time. Um, we're, you know, worrying about their job, their practices, the kids at home, homeschooling. Um, I think for most people, it wasn't, it should have been a relaxing time. Like I saw, um, I saw someone post a meme yesterday that said like, are you, we're going to come out of this. Uh, there are going to be three people, 
um, Hans Johnson um, chunks. Chunks. There you go. So like people, and you know they call Hans it uh, Hans drunks or chunks. Right? Some people took or all three, and they exercised, and they ate right, and they did all the right things. And some people ate and drank, you know. And so, um, and I think the same thing with with education. I've seen. Uh, so I interviewed uh, Dr. Mona Patel. Um, um, I forget what, I think she's in Wisconsin and she really took that time to think about how her office operates and make some changes in her practice. She reworked her insurances. She reworked her procedures. She did daily trainings with her team. Like she really, you know, she was on it. And um, so if you listen to my pod- I said webinar with her, she was on my podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she really like, she took, she took me through the process of what she was doing. Um, and that, that's excellent. If someone did that, I, you know, I admire them. Um, but if someone didn't, I mean, it's, you know, so I had two kids at home. My kids are a little older, but it's just like, it's too many people at home. My husband is at home. I'm at home, two dogs. A gardener comes and it's like, it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, and, 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 you know, I don't have the housekeeper right now. So all the, you know, I think for a lot of people, this was just a really stressful and difficult time and, and they were overworked and didn't do anything. But now as we go back, this is the time to, we're going to be busy. So my prediction is, and I like, I, I'm obviously like, no one, no one knows what to expect, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking that right now the office is actually very busy. We're we're full. People are keeping appointments. I think because a lot of people are home. A lot of people have some pent up need. You know, they've been waiting right. for a long time. We have a lot of patients to pull from because we already had um, hygiene on the schedule for this time. But we also had two months of patients who would have been, you know, seen um, that we're bringing back right now. So we're very busy. But I do think that we are headed for some. I cannot economically difficult times. And I think that a lot of patients are going to be choosing not to do some elective procedures. And so um, I think that's going to be an opportunity for us to, and it's all going to come back. If everything comes back, we're going to be fine. Um, I think that it's going to be an opportunity for a lot of practices to really think about how they do things and streamline. Uh, What I'm seeing right now, and I, I was on Dental Town actually yesterday, and I saw a thread, people talking about like, what are you cutting out from your budget so that you can conserve costs. And I'm all for that, right? But you wanna be careful about not cutting out things that are actually making you money, right? Mm-hmm. And cut, cut out inefficiencies. Like the most expensive thing in a dental office is payroll. And a lot of times we don't use our team's time uh, well. You know, whether it's ordering supplies, like it's insanity. I, I One of the things that I actually did is I threw out some of the catalogs, uh, supply catalogs we, we had in our office. I don't know why we have catalogs. Everything is online and Zen supplies, right? Um, mm-hmm. We have catalogs from 2007. Why do we have catalogs from 2007? Just in case. We got paper in case you want to call your rep and be like, yo, back in 2007, lidocaine was $25. Can you match the price? Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but but um, the problem is like some offices are still doing that, right? Some offices still have a team member a price shop different catalogs when you have technology that will do it for you. Like that's a waste of time. We have, you know, uh, appointment reminders, confirmations, um, insurance verifications, all of these things, everything, whatever you can automate, you can automate. Paperwork is a huge waste of, of time in the dental office, having patients fill out the form and then we, we type it for them. 
we've spent a lot of money in the computer system, and then we have to manually enter information in that computer system. That's insanity. We retype what right. we just wrote, and then we have to scan the paper, and then we have to shred the paper, and then we have to print the routing slip. What are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that we need to cut out. One of the things that I got rid of in my office, and that's not necessarily going to save you money, but it, right. it's just a good example, is I cut out the sign-in sheet. It drives me crazy. I go to my dermatologist. I miss my dermatologist. Um, <laughs> I go to my dermatologist and I have to sign my name and then I have to put down what time my appointment was, who my doctor is, um, and like, you know, do, do you have a change in address or whatever? Why am I writing the time of my appointment and what time I arrived? It's in this system. They know what time my appointment is. Why am I writing this down? That's insanity. Yeah. And then she has to peel off the sticker because it's HIPAA compliant. Right. Yeah. What does she do with this sticker? Does she roll it into a little bolt? Is it sticking <laughs> on the other side? Right? Like, what does she do with that sticker? Does she stick it on something? You can't shred it because it'll get stuck in the shredder. So how is it HIPAA compliant if you have to throw it away without shredding it? The name of the information is there. Like, insanity. What are we doing with that? <laughs> So, you know, eliminate, and this is just one example, but when you go exactly. to your office, you will find so many things that are absolutely unnecessary and wasteful. Like the, t the example that you gave with, with going back for supplies. And then we, of course, we think, oh, she's incompetent. She keeps forgetting things. Well, in a dental operatory, when you're doing a crown prep, you literally need, like when I went to dermatologists, what do they need? A, a Botox syringe and a, and, a, and a gauze, right? Like that's all they need. When you go to a dentist to do a crown prep, you literally need like 96 things in the, in the room. Who can remember 96 things? You know, and then doctors, they love their births. So they have like a gazillion of births. I, I actually, I was an assistant. I was assistant for two weeks. I was the worst assistant. I was surprised they kept me for that long. It, I, like I couldn't remember all the births. Who can, who can remember all the, I, I was the one who kept going. Um, I once suctioned the wheel off a patient. So I was like really bad. But, the, but, but, but I was also, no one trained me. I just kind of did what, what I could. Instead of doing this, why not have set? Like in my office, we have, so an assistant goes in, she has um, a, a, a tub with everything that you're going to need. And then we have something we call it speed packs with all the disposable supplies that you're going to need for, for, uh, um, for um, a crown, right? So the bib, the, the disposable thingy, mm -hmm. Do people still use those alligator clips to, for a bib? Like, I don't have cold sterile in my office. I don't understand what cold sterile is for. No, we sterilize ours. Okay. We so, sterilize our bib clips. Okay. So, so, but ours are disposable. So we put, you know, we have the disposable. Uh, yeah. We have some gauze, some cotton rolls, whatever. So that's a speed pack. And then we have a tub with everything. And then we bring out trios. And we're done. We need three things. Oh, and it, obviously, handpiece and burst. Those are in a separate pouch. Special. You can't mess around with births. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the births, I have uh, multiple doctors in the practice. We set up each birth block and we sit down and we said, okay, let's agree on the births. We're not doing Dr. A's births or Dr. B's births. We agree on the births. Mm -hmm. the and then we also have like a sample birth block in the sterilization on the wall so that whoever comes in like they know that you know how the birds go so if a bird goes missing or if we need to replace a bird goes in there right 
Like that's how, like, this is, this seems so much time. And, and so when I'm thinking about going back to, to the practices now, I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm going to cancel my whatever, you know, subscription for a service that was actually making me money or saving me time. I'm not thinking about that. I am thinking I'm going to become a lot more efficient. I'm going to cut out all of the wasteful time so that when I'm working on a patient, I can actually work on a patient. And one of the nice things is that because we're now social distancing, we actually spread the schedule. We're not seeing like multiple patients at the same time. Um, and it, it's actually faster. Like when you sit down and you get a thing done and then you go to another room and you get that thing done, you can do it quicker. You can do it better. And you're not stressed out. So again, think about the workflow. Think about how you treat each patient. Make sure, you know, cancellations, appointments, um, 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 missed appointments. That's a huge time waster. Train your team to fill those uh, appointment appointments. People will break appointments. You're not going to, you know, there's always someone who's selling a course right. that's telling you, okay, yeah, th- he, this is what you do to never have a, a broken appointment. And when you actually listen to it, they'll be like, just turn off your voicemail. And they'll never cancel because they can't cancel if there's no voice. That's just no show. This is stupid advice. Don't do that. People <laughs> will cancel. So learn yeah. how to fill those last minute cancellations. Like this, right. this is how we come back. Learn how to move people up. I mean, I spend hours, you know, before all this happened, not hours, but we get an opening and, and I'm like, all right, before we leave today, I don't care who works on it, but we are moving patients up. Well, you know, and you get, oh, well, I don't know if they want to. I don't care. Call them. They never know. You might have to call 20 people before you get one that fills it or send out a text or an email or whatever the case may be. But, you know, if we're sitting around doing nothing, then no, you know, we can't make money. You know, you can't be productive, make, you know, and expect to get paid for doing nothing. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm a worker bee. So I like to work and I don't like to sit and, okay, well, well, it's two o'clock here yet for the next patient, you know? I love same day dentistry. I think it's, and, and right now it's actually great because you're not wasting PPEs. You're not wasting time. You're not, you know, no. if you have an opening, if you have time, and if you don't have time, sometimes you can make time. If you have a patient in hygiene and, and the patient needs something done and it should be a whole team effort. It cannot be just the doctor doing this. You know, if, if, a, if, a, if a hygienist is working on the patient, she sees that the patient had to have a filling done and they never finished. Look at the doc's schedule, see if they have time and say, hey, you know, while you're here, I noticed that there was this filling that we're supposed to do um, and we never got around to it. Why don't, would you like to do it now if we can work you in? I mean, you're already here. And patients say yes all the time. Because they're literally already there, you know, they might as well. And then you're not, you're not cleaning the chair again. You're not. Um, you mean while they're in the hygiene? Yes. Yes. You that get means that. requires a couple of things that hopefully people took advantage of while they were not seeing patient is making every treatment look the same. It's my room. Like every hygienist has a room where they have mm-hmm. like a, a cat clock in it or something like that's like their thing. And this doesn't mm-hmm. really make sense. It's such an inefficient way of doing things. All of my rooms are the same and we just move to another room. And it's great for the hygienist too, because a lot of times, like if a hygienist, hygienist is always worried about running behind, which I absolutely get. Uh, but in my office, that's not an issue because if you're running behind, the assistant will get your patient, put it, put the patient in the chair, maybe take the x-rays for you. And it it just it it works. But when you start getting into like, oh, this is my room, 
then you, you shoot yourself in the foot because now you can't do same day dentistry because you got to move the patient. Um, now the hygienist is running behind and like all of a sudden this, something as simple as that becomes a barrier. So we don't have anything in the room besides like the general anesthetics, whatever, like, uh, you know, whatever supplies they use for every procedure and every pr procedure set up, every room is set up the same. We have a Cavitron in every single room. We've been really judicious about using Cavitron in this week, you know, just to, mm -hmm. you know, the, they've only used it. Um, when they absolutely had to. And I'm hoping, like, I can't wait for the Cavitron to come back. I think this is like, I think the phone and the Cavitron are like the most important instruments. In the world. <laughs> Julie, what's your, what's your take on it? Like, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of things. Well, we're going to, you know, like she said, the same day dentistry, we, you know, I sent out a letter to our patients, letting them know what to expect. And the, we have a lot of elderly patients and farmers. So I have like 700 envelopes and letters to send out this weekend. And I'm going to hire my 15 year old um, to do it, help me. And we're going to focus on a lot of same day dentistry because, you know, why they're there. And when it's in the PP, you know, we got to wear our PPE and stuff like that. And the doctor's got to put that on to go into that room. You know, why not conserve it? And if they have treatment, you know, we'll just work them in. So he has an assistant and I'm kind of like the, I'm the, technically the financial business manager, but I'm also the assistant that I just all day long when I'm there three days a week, cause we're only open three days a week. Um, I just move through hygiene. I move through his office. I do the sterilization and I work up front and help Cassie out. You know, I just kind of keep the flow. So we're going to do a lot of that. Um, we are going to have, cause we're a really tiny office. Like our office is really tiny. Um, Cassie will work for home cause all her stuff that she does answering the phone. I mean, I have our little office phone, um, she can do that from home. I can set her up remotely. You know, she can walk out the patient. She can submit the insurance. She can call the insurance. She can do all the billing. She can run over in town because she lives in town. She can pick up the mail. So all these things we're going to put into place and, you know, I'll do all the checking in. I made a little flow chart for patients to let them know this is how it's going to be when they come. And, you know, we're going to have just one hygienist at a time right now in the office and a little job share, maybe two on Thursdays if he's not working, but you know, it, you just have to make it work. And I, you know, she, when she was talking about like what, you know, what have people been doing when they're off and, you know, a lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of assistants have been doing a little bit of both, a little bit of education, a little bit of taking them some time for themselves. But really what I try to tell them, it, you know, if you have thought about, you know, reflect on your position in your practice. And if there's things you wanted to know better or do better, it's up to you to learn them and, and figure out how to understand them more. You know, the doctor doesn't know what you don't know if you don't tell them or ask them. So it, it really is important that you take and reflect and take hold of your own career. It's your career, not anybody else's. And you can either make it or break it. I mean, so you really have to just really focus on what you want to know more. Do you like, I mean, I hate root canals. I hate them. I do not want to do them. I refuse to chair side assist with them. They're the most boring things I've ever done. So I would not go work in an endo office. You know? <laughs> and if you're working in an, if you don't like the practice, but you like dentistry, there's five other, six other specialties you can work in. There's tons of things to do in dentistry that you don't have to, you kind of don't have to be stuck and complacent. I love general because we do a little bit of everything. Uh, ortho is okay, but I really like the general because you can do everything. You can do endo, you can do ortho. So you, 
if you don't know something like you, you know, you stink at taking impressions. Well, now's the time that you could have practiced or watched videos or, you know, talked with your doctor, say, Hey, you know, I, I made a, a list of 10 things that I think I kind of suck at and I want to improve on when we, before we come back, what should I do? Where are videos? There's a ton of free information out there. Ton, ton of YouTube yeah. videos. That's why I became a mask snub in the last week. <laughs> I don't know everything about the masks. <laughs> Including fit test, where do you get it, and all of it. <laughs> I'll fly to Chicago and give you a fit test. <laughs> cool. I'm buying the actual kits. Yeah, I just got mine. Um, but so I always think, you know, it's your career, even like with your hygienist or front office, they're like, oh, I just answer the phones. It's yours to embrace. There's so much you can learn and do. You just that's don't have to be stagnant. Think, that's what I think, like, um, you know, obviously when middle of March, end of March, beginning of April, there were a lot of people. Well, you know, some people will chill. Some people will do right. uh, work and this and that. Somebody came out and said, if you leave this thing without a side hustle or this or that, you're like, you just wasted your time. And on top of it, you just never had motivation and organization. I was on that bandwagon too for a week. And then I realized, you know, not everybody's equipped that way. Right. So some people get stressed differently. Right. So, mm -hmm. but I think to me was one thing that's important is I know for sure if Julie, for example, you would work with Dr. Gina, you would come to the office and you're like, Dr. Gina, we're opening up on Monday. You're like, yep. So before opening, I know exactly what we need. And here's the checklist. We need to have this. We need to have this. I watched this webinar. I took this respiratory test. I passed it. It's a two hour, like John completed. And it only would take one day. Dr. Gina, how would you react to that? I would be so impressed. And I actually, I have team members who are like that. Mm -hmm. And I have team members who are sort of waiting for more direction. And I think mm -hmm. that as a, as a dentist, it's very important to sort of know who your team members are and, you know, take advantage of that. Um, a friend of mine, Dr. Josh Austin, wrote an article, mm -hmm. try, you know, trying to put this relationship, the strained relationship between dentists and hygienists. Mm -hmm. And in his article, he said, look, dentists, try, like really try to get everything that, um, that um, your team needs. But if you can't get it, and I know a lot of dentists cannot get things. It was like buying N95 masks was like buying drugs on the street, not that I we would buy Botox on the street right, <laughs> right about now. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you're like, you, you have to like, you know, you have to know people who can get you the stuff and then you pay like inflated rate for it. So if you or just be a part of Zen <laughs> or you can be part of Zen. So you, you know, you, you have to, talk to your team. This is what he said. Like, if you can't do it and talk to your team and try to get their help on getting you supplies, because they might know someone, you know, and they might. And so when I was talking to my team, I said, this is what I think, but give me your ideas. And I've had some of my team members, like, for example, one of the hygienists said, uh, why don't we use, um, I forget what it's called. Um, it's like a mouth rinse by Colgate to pre oh, yeah. patients. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you could do Direct it. style? Yeah, rock style. Yeah, yeah. rock style or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that because I, I, I knew uh, that the stuff that we normally use for period is not effective. Uh, you're not going to rinse them, have them rinse. What was it that our president suggested that we do the Lysol? You're not going to have yeah. that. <laughs> um, so, oh, I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, but she suggested that. I'm like, this is a great idea. So I bought this. It has to be a collaborative process. Not all of your employees are going to do that because not all people work that way. Right. Those who are, the boss needs to get them engaged and needs to listen and needs to help implement their ideas. And it's important, like when, when you ask people to come to you with ideas, a lot of times we tend to like, no, that's not gonna work. You know, uh, don't, don't do that. Like don't, if, you, if you're gonna start shooting people down, they're never gonna come back um, with, you know, to you and, um, and, and volunteer ideas anymore because no one wants to be embarrassed. So don't do that. Um, but but also the opposite. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's gonna. A lot of people will say like, "Wow, it's just such a great idea." Let me think about it, and they never do anything about it. Yeah, I'll don't be do honest. That don't do that yeah. either. So kind of like, um, I did do it once. I actually, I have to admit, um, so my head, one of my hygienists said, ADHA recommends that we expand pro- profis to 90 minutes. And I immediately, like, I didn't even think about it for a second. I said, and I recommend that you drop a membership with ADHA. <laughs> so maybe don't do that. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's a lot, my, you know, my grandmother used to say, if you're still complaining, you're not changing, which means yeah, if you're still complaining about the same old thing, you haven't come up with a solution yet to change. And that, you know, come to me, choices to say, come to me with a solution before you start complaining about it. You know, so I'm a big problem solver. I solve my things. But like you said, Tiger, you know, people will choose to take this time. You know, myself, I launched a candle line for, and I've been doing a lot of painting. And cabinet. And I did my cabinet, my dental cabinet. I finally finished my dental cabinet. I know. I was so excited. I uh, rehabbed a 1931 Weber dental cabinet. Oh, wow. How incredible. I want to see Yeah, Yeah. I'll have to, I'll tag you in it because I uh, posted it on Facebook. Um, But I rehabbed it from, my son found it. He he must have the black lung from stripping the enamel off it. But uh, yeah, so it turned out nice. But a lot of dental assistants already have side hustles and, I like to work. I just don't have one one job. But what I think we need to realize as a team is the dentist only has one job. Yes, some might be speakers and and get paid to do products or go out and speak and coach and all that stuff. But end of the day, they're still dentist. So it's not like I can leave my practice and go find a job tomorrow. They, on the other hand, have all this baggage that comes with them. They just can't walk away from their practice. So if we don't help them out, they're going to fail just as much as us walking away from them. Does that make sense? I mean, we really. Can I quickly say one thing? Hmm. I would be terrified being a dentist, especially a little bit on the younger end at this moment, because you just, you have debt. You just probably started the family. You probably have a mortgage. And you were promised that this is the best thing on the planet Earth, but all you want to do is do dentistry because you're really good at it as a clinician, not from a business side. You didn't have enough time to build that capital with your team of leadership where you like went through some tough stuff and like build it up where you like can call up your your team and be like, what's up? So how are we going to do it? Like you don't know how to do this is I would go bonkers. I would literally go bonkers. It's a very, very difficult time for a lot of dentists right now because as Julie correctly pointed out, you know, a team member can always find another job or a side hustle. And by the way, it was it was Gwyneth Paltrow who said, if you don't come out of this le- having learned another language or written a book, 
then you wasted the time. And my initial reaction to this was like, well, this is why people don't like you, Gwyneth. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so obviously people take stress differently, but I-, I Last time I checked, yeah. I didn't have her bankroll. So yeah. I mean- <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, so you yeah. have you have the means to write a book. Heck, she probably has somebody that writes the book for her and then slaps her name on it. No doubt. No doubt. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh wow, look at that. Hmm. Oh, this is incredible. That is so cool, Julie. What? Oh, my dental cabinet. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at that. I would buy it, but you said it's not for sale. No, unfortunately, my son found it. He's known it for years. I've been looking for one for years because I really like all the old dental stuff. I'm I'm a, a nerd about it. And um he found it at an antique store for $60 and it was really, you know, kind of run down and they wanted 60, but it had lots of gold crowns inside of it. So I got some money back. Um, but, uh, so he spent a lot of hours himself stripping the enamel paint because it's mahogany underneath. But when they converted to all the infection control, the wood is porous. So they enamelized it with white enamel. So I had to strip it down. So now this time we got it finished and then I put a transfer on the front of it. And now it's my craft. It holds all my cricket stuff and all my crafting supplies and my paints and stuff for all the, the furniture. And I just finished a piece today. So I'm excited. So that is so cool. Yeah. Really incredible. And this is like what's on the front of it? The so that's an they're called iron orchid designs and it's a transfer. So it's a really paper thin decal. They have a ton and ton and ton of models. And you you pull it and you rub it on with a credit card. So it's like a decal, but then it, it looks like paint. It looks like you hand painted it after you yeah. apply it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's very neat. Yeah. So when he gets his first home, I'll bring it to his house and he can have it. Cause the thing weighs about 90 pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> we had to rebuild a lot of it. We put lights in a new shelf, but all the glass is original. All the knobs are original. Everything was original except for there's a couple missing parts that we rebuilt. But other than that, yeah, we were pretty pleased with it. Pretty pleased. That is really cool. That is yeah, so cool. That's very, very, very neat. It would be, it would be nice to have that in the office. Kind of like a conversation piece. Oh, I know. The problem wasn't so small and we didn't have that coffee station there. I'm like, we could bring this here. <laughs> yeah. What is your take, guys, on insurance? Like, I was actually, I got a quote from somebody who asked me to keep their name out. Um, so I talked about the PPE and we brought a uh, really good speakers on PPE and the cost of it and all that and and the requirement. And I know there's OSHA and CDC guidelines and, and all these things. But at the same time, we know like paying $5 for an N95 and replacing it, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of expensive. So I know some people will, will and including myself, I rolled my eyes a little bit and said, you know, paying $6, luckily, if you're lucky for a gown, it's out of control. And so I asked about like insurance and, and mm -hmm. one of the questions I have for you guys, like what's your take on insurance? And I'll read you this quote very quick. And I, and I asked if it's ever gonna get reimbursed. So they said, I think you had asked about the code, some insurance companies accept PPE. So here's what an expert says. The ADA says, use insurance code D1999, unspecified preventative procedure by report. That last part by report means it requires a narrative, not some long form letter rather a concise medical necessity written Twitter style to fit into the uh, box 35 remarks of the standard claim form. What 
what's what's your take hmm. um go ahead doc you first uh, i okay so my take is first of all i think that um I was actually in one of mom groups yesterday on Facebook and uh, that like one that I haven't been kicked out of yet. Um, I, I get kicked out all the time because I am pro-vaccinated and, and moms don't like mom groups don't tolerate that well. <laughs> so I give advice and then they ask for advice. I give advice and then I get kicked out and <laughs> I don't know. So I haven't, I, I have to see if I'm still in that group yesterday because I also posted, but um, so the question was my dentist charges $30 for the PPE uh, like normal is it outrageous i think 30 dollars is a lot to be honest with you but and my office is not charging right now um because i don't want that backlash from patients but it was interesting to read the the comments from from people and um a lot of the some people said oh yeah we absolutely i will pay it i get it like it's hard you know and then at the same time some people were like after that, find yourself a new dentist. And it was so interesting. One dentist, and I absolutely hate this, one dentist wrote, oh, you need to find yourself another dentist. I don't charge for it. Here's my number. Call me. And I'm like, that's just not cool. That like, not like, you know, we don't eat each other. We're human We're professionals. We don't eat our young and our, you know, our, um, our peers. So, um, but the interesting, so I wrote to them, I said, you know, um, a lot of insurances won't. And, oh, and someone actually said, shouldn't insurance cover this? I, and I wrote that, you know, some insurances actually do cover it. Uh, we heard that a um, couple of deltas, uh, state deltas, I think it was maybe Oregon or Wisconsin. I might be wrong. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what one. Yeah, they're actually increasing the fees slightly. Um, then there are a couple of deltas that were sending a bulk check uh, to sort of um, an estimated, so like you typically see that many patients in this time period. So here's a reimbursement for some PPEs. Um, I heard that United Concordia will cover the D199 code. If you're in network with them. If you're in a network, exactly, mm -hmm. which I'm not. And I mean, I think no, it's in First of all, like if, you know, if you're in network with them, I I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how you're making it. I'm in network with a lot of insurance. I'm not like- Me too. But United Concordia, I don't know how you guys pull this off. But anyway, so so some insurances do cover it. And then Delta of California actually sent a letter saying that we won't cover and you can't charge. And in fact, they kind of made fun of ADA. They're like, we don't know where ADA is getting that. Like, why are they saying this? This is stupid. Like, we, you can't charge patients. So, so I think it's different. But what I wrote on this mom group is like, you guys need to call your insurance. You need to call your employer and demand that your insurance covers it. Like, this is your plan. This is not, we, we can't do anything about it. But you need to call. And you also need to demand. This is an interesting thing. So insurance companies have been collecting um premiums for the last two weeks, because if you furloughed the employees, you still kept them on the medical plan and dental benefits, right? So they've right. been receiving uh, the reimbursement. The problem, and now we're kind of, so we missed two weeks, uh, two months of dentistry. And now as we're coming back, some more, like two and a half, like you guys are going to be on three months, right? Mm -hmm. So as we're coming yeah. back, we're seeing fewer patients because we're still social distancing. A lot of people are not going to get used to use up their benefits. And I think that what ADA and AGD and all those organizations should be lobbying for right now, and I don't see that. And I've actually, I've been writing to ADA, I've been uh, writing to AGD, I haven't really received any answers from anyone, is they need to require insurance companies to extend 
the, to roll over benefits to the following oh, yeah. for at least three months so that people can actually use the benefits that they're entitled to, or they need to refund premiums. But I would prefer that they just roll over. Roll it over. And I know some medical plans do that where like the deductible gets rolled over or whatever, but because so many people had no opportunity to get their teeth done. And another thing is, is frequency. That worries me too. Like what is our next year, assuming we don't have another pandemic, next year, what are we gonna, not even next year, the six months, what is it gonna look like from now? Cause we usually people go every six months. So now it was, right. um, what is it gonna be six months, uh, like October, November, mm-hmm. always, always like September, October, November is always slow because school starts and people get busy, right? What is it gonna look like at that time? Because, of the six months frequency limitations are they going to lift that like that's that worries me more than than the pps actually yeah julie what's what have you seen so far well we have well we haven't gone back but when i took over this practice three and a half years ago they were charging um four dollars for an infection control per visit and i was like what is this nonsense you know so i shut it off and we haven't done it in a couple years um, but now I think we're just going to go by and, you know, my doctor sent me a message yesterday saying something that he liked this wording. And I was like, well, I kind of have to agree because on two of my receipts that I went to, I had COVID-19 fees tacked onto my purchases. And I was like, what is this, you know, from restaurants that instead of tipping, they were tagging on COVID fees. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But he said that a pandemic response fee. Ah, I like that. That that is actually much better than PPE fee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, that's a kind of a nice like our pandemic response fee during this time. Maybe, you know, not even if you continue it on, you know, for three months after you've, you know, this pandemic is over and they say we're all phased and we're all open and we're kind of back to normal. Um, whatever that may be in the future. But, you know, I, I like that instead of saying, here's our PPP or our infection control. Cause that was one of the things, even though people did it and I was really against, and I did not do it was when all this happened before we were shut down as people rushed out to tell their patients, we are practicing, oh wait, or we are practicing the safest infection control. We are, you know, and I felt like it was telling them, well, he might have not done it in the past, but we are doing it now. So I was like, well, we're not saying anything about our infection control practices because they should know better that we have always been doing it. And I don't want to alert them that we haven't to, to, to make them think that we weren't doing it. So I really liked how it said, you know, um, um, about the pandemic response fee and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we'll use that in our, our wording if we decide to charge. And in our area, we're a network with a lot of insurances because um, we're the only dentist. We have a lot of farmers and stuff like that. So $5, you know, I think should be charged and they pay it up front when they leave. I'm not going to bill it to the insurance because I have a rough what, number. what's the headache for that? Yeah. For them to deny it? I mean, it's ridiculous. So yeah. It and should so, be around sixteen bucks. Yeah, it should. I mean, be, at it the most, seems very high. Um, I mean, I think sixteen is like the you know a, maybe a fair amount, but even like I don't know seven ninety five or whatever, some some number that sounds psychologically better. I think so. Here's a problem that I see. 
And I almost want to tell, and we, you know, because of Yap, Yappy sends out notifications to patients, we're being used for, for those letters. A lot of offices rush to send a letter to patients saying, we're going to charge you this fee. So people, before they come in, they're getting this letter. And here's the problem. They don't understand what we're doing that's different. They're like, but you already had a mask. Like, they don't see right. the difference between right. When they come to the office and they see the the medical uh, grade uh, HEPA purifying filters and the, the such extra oral suctions and, you know, our team looks like Martians. We don't recognize, like, they see it's not the same. And right. I think when they see it, um, it's called, you know, Harry Beckwith wrote an excellent book that's called Selling the Invisible, right? It's like when they see it, they see that the... Um, that, that something is being done differently and they understand the fee a lot more. But when you just send them a letter, you just piss them off. And they immediately, like before they even come in, they immediately get upset at you because you're the greedy dentist. I mean, we're, we're the ones who killed the lion. Like, you know, yeah. an accountant didn't kill a lion. We killed the lion. So like, we're always the bad guy. And I totally agree with you because when I took over this practice, people, people did their treatment and walked out without pain. I was like, whoa, what? You know, no, 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 we can't be doing that. And so then, you know, I failed as a role model and a leader to to properly train the person how to now call them and let them know, please know that your portion is X, Y, and Z, and it is due at the time. So she was just like, you have to pay now. (laughs) (laughs) And we got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of emails. I'm like, okay, well, back the bus up. We can change our protocols and stuff, but we have to make sure that we properly implement so we don't get backlash from patients that have been patients here forever, always paid their bill, and now we're demanding the money up front. So we really had to change our conversations with them and and change our communication and so they can see our side of why we're doing it and why it's important because... It, it that's the way it has to happen so that they can say, oh, you, here's your $5 for your PPE. You know, here's your $5 for keeping us extra safe. Instead of saying, you want me to pay what right now? Oh my gosh. Just, you know, are you on the bandwagon of COVID this and COVID that, you know? So it really is important to communicate effectively instead of just blasting out your patients and saying, oh, by the way, come in with your $30 copay for PPE. And they're going to be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I think, hopefully people learn the taking a breath before doing something because mm-hmm. a lot of it i feel like is reactional somebody will say like i see this all the time we're on the other end try to help our offices with the ppe and i don't know how like gina you said you know buying drugs um on the street it, it's really even worse than that because then you know you got to make sure that it's the right product and and it's not a counterfeit and you know at the right price but then a lot of it is you have to pay up front and you only can buy 50,000 units of it and you're just sitting like like this and so that's why I ended up driving to Philly at some point because I just couldn't sit and and watch how this is all happening and so I just feel that a lot of times people are irrational about really important things and and some and the most important things are are I guess it's just the communication to your patients and to your team. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it can you can take a breath before you do something. Like you can, like you can buy your mask right away. It's not going to kill you. Like even if it's a ten dollar for N95, you buy one and you're fine. Then you'll find another one for five dollars. But like sending a wrong email or telling something to the team that that's going to send the wrong message, it's really difficult to undo the damage. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's very reactional. Our phones, like you, if you call my company right now, it's going to be impossible to get through. Um, and a lot of people really do need, you know, as they're reopening, they need to change their reminders. They need to change their online scheduling, or you know, they need to change forms. They need a COVID form. Um, but you're right. A lot of it is reactions. Like I need a form, and then I need I need it. We're not going to use like I'm like blah, 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 blah. but do you ever <laughs> see yourself and you're like, where have you been in April? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay, wait a second. This is not how it's going to work. Like I, we had an office yesterday um, that said, you know, we want everything on. We're not going to buy an iPad. We want everything done on a patient's device. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. We can do a lot of things on a patient's device. But what are you going to do, like? Okay, so you have a patient in the chair. Now you want to do some same day dentistry, which I think is very valuable. So now the patient has to get up, get their device from the phone. You have to send the link. Then it go, like it's already not practical. But what if her phone is not charged, or she doesn't have reception, or um, you know, like there's so many. Va- or how are you gonna disinfect your patient's phone? Oh, yeah, yeah, like you're gonna like iPad. You wipe it up, and it's your iPad. Yeah, so it's in the case like there's a you know iPads are actually very easy to clean. You just wipe them with seventy percent um, alcohol, and mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, you just don't spray any water into the holes, but it's amazingly easy to, <laughs> you know to to clean. You can't clean paper and like anything else. There's like course, contamination. I, I, iPad is great for this. But again, don't don't overreact. Don't like say things like I'm never ever gonna do this because I'm gonna tell you you're gonna do this. And when I went with my team when we did the training, um, I wrote everything down and I said this is our protocol and this protocol will change. And so today we're gonna have a meeting to, to talk about changes. We've already seen some things that are being changed. And like I said, you know, we the very first thing that I did is I found it's not Isovac. It's um, it's by it's by it's made by Golden Dent, but it's a mirror that sections. And so they got it, and they're like, "No, I don't like it." But now we're sending it back. So make sure if you buy something that's different. I see a lot of people getting those extra oil sections. We actually MacGyvered ours, so our cost was like under hundred dollars per unit. We got like a uh, like a robotic arm, not a robot, but it's like an arm to hold photography equipment, and we put a funnel at the end of it, and it goes into second um, HV. So we made this, but they're not using it because it's on the way. So you're going to spend two, three thousand dollars on those extra extra oral units. And if your team is not going to use, because you overreacted, you bought one for every room. And if your team is not going to be using it, that's going to be a lot of waste. So just you know, to try things, but be prepared to be flexible and make changes. And and you know, don't don't over communicate. I think you know we talked about the importance of communication, but I think sometimes that's the the the, the other side is you know you communicate something before you thought through. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good departing point because we're already uh, taking a lot of time. I want to be respectful to your time, guys. Uh, no problem. Uh, anything else would you add? As we know, a lot of offices reopening. Um, and I feel like a lot of it is is also noise, like the PPE will settle down. This will settle down. I don't think looking in five year perspective, it's going to be that much important. But what do you think would be important? Like what in the next month when you're reopening, what are the things that will be something that we need to be more careful about. I think for myself, it's, you know, is making sure that, you know, you evaluate every day, everything's going to change. And, and if it's not working and, and you're becoming frustrated or it's taking too long is that, you know, you should 
now, you know, usually you have monthly meetings to go over everything, numbers and blah, 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 and morning huddles and all that stuff. But right now, you maybe just take a, a reopening meeting every week and say, okay, we're going to block this hour or two and reevaluate our processes. You know, look at the new CDC guidelines because things will be keep changing and changing and changing, you know, and just making sure that everybody understands. Do they have any questions, many, many more suggestions and stuff like that to make sure that you're really got your practice where you want it because you don't want to at the end of the day leave and go home and open up a bottle of wine because it's so stressful um or not want to go back to work the next day because it's such a headache you know so you really want to make sure you're you're honing those practices at the best you can because not all these systems you put into place are all going to fall into place in one fell swoop you know, you're going to be running around with your chicken cut off, head cut off and you're going to forget to put your mask on or forget to put your face shield on because you're not used to it. You're not used to all that extra, you know, and my, you know, the doctor not wearing a lab coat, you know, I'm going to oh, lab coat. Lab, you know? So these are all things are new routine. And it usually takes, as they say, what, 21 days to change everything. You know, it's really just communication and just making sure that it's going to work for you and your office and your team. So. That's an excellent message. I was going to say exactly the same thing, actually. And it's funny, you, you mentioned the mask, um, forgetting the mask. My, my husband is uh, known for forgetting his wallet or losing his wallet. So he's <laughs> like, you know, I used to come to the store and go, oh, shoot, I forgot my wallet. And now I come to the store and I'm like, shoot, I forgot my mask. <laughs> so, but I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Weekly meetings. You got to have weekly meetings. You got to recalibrate. Um, you got to evaluate all of the processes. This is going to be critical. Uh, communication, calibration, and um, and reworking your workflow. That's that's what you you got. Those are the things that you got to focus on. That's awesome. If you guys don't mind, I wanted to add one thing that I I uh, I've seen is if like. When you come back, uh, not all the team members probably would be in the same mental state. And so taking it easier with demands and asks and everybody's stressed. And so just being a little bit easier and more taking the stoic approach to, you know, going in a little bit higher in your leadership patience uh, to to help. And, and it probably affects everybody, um, all the team members, and not react if the doctor says something because they've been through a lot during this time. And so I think a little bit more patience would, would be nice. 100%. That's excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we have three days coming up, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, to now to kind of like relax after this whole thing uh, and reflect maybe. I don't know. But I do appreciate your time. Uh, these were excellent points and excellent feedback. And I love the perspective that we had today. This a little bit between, you know, going the doctor standpoint and assistant standpoint. We talked a little bit about the hygiene, but I think we're all on, on this together as a team. So that, that, was, a, that was a really awesome discussion. Yeah. yeah. Great. And when I move to California, I'm going to come work for you, Doc. Please do. <laughs> I've never been, but I'll get there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Thank you all so much. No, you don't want to move here. <laughs> the weather's no. not that great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having us on, Tiger. I appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. our message. Of course. Yep. Thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the weekend. Yes, you, you too. Bye, Doc. Take yeah. care. Thank you, Bye. Thank you all. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. <laughs>